the second coming. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 to 18. For this we tell you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left to the coming of the Lord, will in no way precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with God's trumpet. The dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So will we be with the Lord forever. Therefore comfort one another with these words. There is much debate and argument about this sure and certain event that is spoken about in the Holy Scripture. The Lord Jesus himself promised that he would return to end the world and take his beloved people to heaven forever. It is unthinkable that evil should go on forever, and it will not. Satan has his day, and is even now the strong man bound. Matthew chapter 12, verse 29. When Jesus will return is a secret. It will be a huge surprise to everyone, except those who keep their eyes on the skies and are waiting expectantly for that great day. Mark 13, verse 32. It will be sudden and unexpected and exceptionally dramatic. The sky will open and Christ will descend with a host of his people who have gone before us in death. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14. We will hear the trumpet sound. The Lord will come down with a mighty shout of victory, also the archangel, who will awaken the dead bodies of the saints. They will rise with their redeemed bodies to meet the Lord in the air and be reunited with their redeemed souls. Those who are alive on the earth at that time will then also rise up and meet the glorious throng in the air. The Church of Jesus Christ will be complete and there will be no more reason to keep human history going. It will be over. The saints of God will all be gathered home to heaven with their dear Saviour forever. The kingdom will come in all its glory and death will be finally and devastatingly defeated. This is it. No more chances. No more time and space. No more world. The judgment will surely happen and the Lord Jesus will not be the Saviour anymore but the judge of all the earth. Those who have rejected him will now be rejected by him. There will be no going back and the future of these people will be eternal destruction. Punishment to pay for their sin, which they refuse to repent of and be forgiven. Daniel chapter 12, verse 2. The debate around this event is dangerous. It takes our minds and hearts away from the crucial state of thinking that we must adopt. We must be ready every day for the Lord to come for us. It should make us restless, restless to tell others to be ready and restless to see his face. We all have people around us who are not ready. So what should we be doing at this time? Should we be worried about the millennium, when it is, where it is, how long it is, and if we are in it? People are perishing and dying in their sins, and we remain silent to them. This is the mark of someone who doesn't take the reality of the coming of Christ seriously. Judgment is real, and it should affect how we think and act and speak. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 10 to 13 tells us, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will be dissolved with fervent heat and the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be destroyed like this, what kind of people ought you to be in holy living and godliness, looking for and earnestly desiring the coming of the day of God, which will cause the burning heavens to be dissolved and the elements will melt with fervent heat. But according to his promise, we look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells.
this is a sure and certain future. Are we thinking like it or are we coasting along safe and sound without a thought about the lost souls who will inhabit a lost eternity without a saviour? This world is ending. It is also ending one day soon. It will finally be destroyed and there will be a new place where only righteousness dwells. The ungodly will be forgotten for good and God will stop the rot of sin for good. We must rejoice in this and be glad that salvation has come and the kingdom will triumph over all. 2 Peter chapter 3 verses 3 to 4 says, Knowing this first, that in the last days mockers will come, walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For from, that, from the day that the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning. Are we in this category? Cynical. Do we think God will not keep his promise? We are like the other we like the other promises that help us and protect us, but not these kind of ones. We become mockers and walk through our days with no care about this event. We will be shocked and surprised when it happens, and fear will take hold. Second Timothy chapter one verses seven to eight. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self control. Therefore don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but endure hardship for the good news according to the power of God. This is God's intention for all who believe. The Holy Spirit within the believer gives power, love and clear thinking. Self-control to live right and speak right with good intentions will include living with the coming of Christ in a clear view. We endure the ridicule of others to gain Christ, which is far better. Don't be deceived into foolish argument and intellectual strife. Live for God. Wait for the Lord's return and spread the good news that Jesus is coming and righteousness will prevail. Don't be oppressed by mockers, but wait patiently. Psalm 40 says many things, and you can read it for yourself. In Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13, it's a rather long passage, but it's worth reading. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. Those who were foolish, when they took their lamps, took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Now while the bridegroom delayed, they all slumbered and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, What if there isn't enough for us and you? You go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. While they went away to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterwards the other virgins also came, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Most certainly I tell you, I don't know you. Watch therefore. For you don't know the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. What a passage of scripture for these days. What an allegory. What an accurate account of how people will feel at that terrible time for many people. And that glorious time for many more. Are we ready for it? If he comes today at lunchtime, will your heart and mind be ready? The door will shut. We must be watchful because we don't know so many things. If you are ready, rejoice in this great hope, this amazing provision in the Lord and of the Lord. The kingdom will come, for Jesus prayed it. 
thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven.